Yo, 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 good evening and happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to episode 158 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Week 16 is now in the books. I'll do a recap on the action from week 16 in the NFL, along with my takeaways on another NFL recap and takeaways Tuesday episode coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 158 started. Of course, you know this is an all-NFL episode, so we're going to start with the action from week 16 in the NFL. We'll start with the Seattle Seahawks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I said this was a must-win for the um, Seattle Seahawks, and of course, they didn't get it done. As um, Kansas City Chiefs won this game 24-10, not much, not much of a high-scoring game, but thought at least the Seahawks would at least be able to compete just a little bit. Anyway, Patrick Mahomes had 224 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't get much in the running game. Isaac Pahokhiko, I think I said that right. If I didn't, up my, up my apologies. 58 yards rushing, 32 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey had a big game, 113 yards receiving. Jarek McKinnon had 31 yards receiving one TD. In a losing effort, Geno Smith had 215 yards, one TD, one interception. Kenneth Walker, their rookie, had 107 yards rushing. And DK Metcalf had 81 yards. No Tyler Lockett, who was out with finger injury. Of course, for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're still trying to plug away to get that number one spot. Something that Patrick Holmes has had since he's been in the league. They've always had the home field advantage. But right now, they're one game behind Buffalo with two games to go, and Buffalo holds the tiebreaker because they beat the Chiefs early in the season. So for the Chiefs, they better hope that Buffalo can um start um, fall, I mean, falling down so they can get into that number one spot because they're going to have to fall down more than once. Going forward, here's what the Chiefs have on their schedule. The Chiefs have two easy matchups, the Broncos and the Raiders. So not much to see there. Now for the Buffalo. Now for the Buffalo Bills, here's what they have going forward. The Buffalo Bills have the Cincinnati Bengals coming coming up on Monday Night Football. Definitely looking forward to that matchup. And the Patriots to close it out. So they better hope that the Bengals could um trip up the um Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills and the and the Patriots can trip them up, but I don't see I don't see the Patriots tripping up Buffalo. Bengals maybe, but either way, the Chiefs need Buffalo to be tripped up. As for the Seahawks, I think this is it for them. Their season's over. Now mathematically, they're still in it, but I don't I don't see a path of them getting the playoffs at, at this this year. I mean, this is a year that you could say that they exceeded expectations because we all look for them to be awful. And they started out good, but fell apart. It is not able to sustain down the stretch. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them going forward. Now let's move on to the New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. 
Now this was a this was a seesaw battle, especially in the fourth quarter, where both where they put up 28 points combined between the two teams. Minnesota and Yen won this game 27 to 24 on a walk-off 61-yard field goal as time expired. Minnesota was leading at halftime. The Giants took the lead in the third quarter, going into the fourth, and then both teams just went back and forth. Kirk Cousins had 299 yards, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook had 64 yards rushing. Justin Jefferson, proving that he is, right now, the best receiver in the NFL. He had 133 yards and one touchdown. TJ Huckerson, 109 yards and two touchdowns. Daniel Jones probably had his best statistical game of, the season, of his career. 334 yards passing. One touchdown, one interception. Saquon Barkley had 84 yards rushing in one TD and 49 yards receiving. My guy, Richie James, had 90 yards receiving. Isaiah um, Hod- Hoggins had 89 yards and a TD. And Darius Sl- Slayton had 79 yards. For the Minnesota Vikings, they just keep finding ways to win. They are 10-0 and games decided by seven points or less. The question is going to be, will they be able to keep this up going into the playoffs? Because the simple fact is, they're not going to beat teams by 20 or more points. I mean, their defense is a bend but don't break. Sooner or later, that's going to catch up to you. But for right now, the Minnesota Vikings stay in that number two spot in the NFC. And now they're probably thinking they might can jump to that number one spot if Philadelphia starts to fall. More on the Eagles in a minute. As for the Giants, they're barely hanging on. They're in that number f- the fifth um, spot right now with the Washington Commanders. We'll talk about them in a minute. In that last and final playoff spot. The Giants better get it together and fast. Because right now, they have, they have not looked good these past um, several weeks. I mean, they have lo- they've lost four, four out of, at least three out of the last five games with one tie. And they have the Colts and the Eagles coming up to close out the season. Now, they should be able to um, handle the Colts. But Eagles, different story, depending on if they decide to play their starters, depending on what the what their seeding is going to be when, going into that matchup. But right now, the Giants are slowly playing themselves out of the playoffs. Now let's move on to the Washington Commanders versus my San Francisco 49ers. This was a tight ball game in the first half. It was 7-7. I'm thinking to myself. I hope this, this this is looking like a trap game. Because Brock Purdy started out slowly. I mean, his, his numbers weren't good. And he, he got intercepted once, which wasn't his fault. I mean, Juwan Jennings tried to catch it, bounced off his hands, and in the hands of a Washington commander, um, cornerback. But either way, the Niners got it together in the second half and won this game 37 this is the Niners' eighth straight win, and they're still in that third spot in the NFC. 
and is still playing for that number two spot. But of course, Minnesota's got to lose a game and they have to keep winning. Brock Purdy, this, of course, got off slow, like I stated, but came alive in the second half, had 234 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. They didn't do much in the running game, but they really didn't need it. Christian McCaffrey had 646 yards rushing in one TD. And, of course, they had one big um, reverse play. You would have thought it was Debo Samuel, but it was Ray Ray McLeod with a 71-yard reverse run for a touchdown. George Kittle looks like he's back to his old self. He had 120 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, one he stole from Ray Ray McLeod, but, hey, as long as the points are on the board, it's all good. Brandon Ayuk had 81 yards. And of course, they played this game without Debo, who's sitting out with the um, leg and ankle injury. Taylor Heineke had 166 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and was benched late in the second half. And Carson Wentz came in at 123 yards and one TD. The Washington Commanders tried to run the ball effectively, but to no avail. Brian Robinson had 58 yards rushing. Terry McLaughlin had 77 yards receiving, one TD. Johan Dotson, the rookie from Penn State, 76 yards and one TD. For the Washington Commanders, they're in the same boat as the Giants. They are slowly playing themselves out of the playoff pitch. They're right now holding on to that last spot with Green Bay Packers clicking at both of their heels. More on Green Bay in just a minute. And now the question is going to be for the Washington Commanders is, who's going to be the starting quarterback for these next two games? Coach um, Ron Rivera hasn't said whether um, he's going to stick with um, Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz. Personally, I think he's going to stick with um, Taylor Heineke. Because before Carson Wentz got hurt, Washington wasn't playing that well. Taylor Heineke has at least gotten them to this point where they at least, you know, has a chance to sniff the playoffs. I understand he didn't have a great game, I mean, last week against my Niners, but how many other teams haven't had a great game? So, it's going to be interesting to see what um, Coach Ron Rivera decides, but he needs to go ahead and stick with Taylor Heineke. I mean, they have the Browns and the Cowboys coming up, they may be able to get past the um, Browns. The Cowboys, different story. But I'm going with the guy that's got me at least, at least a chance to get into the playoffs. Now let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles, the marquee matchup. And this game actually was as good as advertised, despite having no Jalen Hurts for this game. Who's, who's, who's out with a... Uh, sprained shoulder on his throwing hand. So in comes Garden Minshew. This game was went back and forth, especially in the second half. I mean, the Eagles, I mean, led early. The Dallas Cowboys in the fourth quarter took the lead, and the Eagles had a chance to tie it. And then Miles Sanders fumbled the ball, and the Dallas Cowboys recovered. And the Cowboys then took the lead for good. Dak Prescott, bouncing back after a lackluster performance last week, 
He had 347 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Zeke Elliott, 55 yards rushing and one TD. Tony Pollard, he had 41 yards rushing and 61 yards receiving. C.D. Lamb, he's been he's been balling out lately as well. I mean, he's looking he's looking like the second best receiver in um, NFL next to Justin Justin Jefferson. He had 120 yards and two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, who was recently acquired by the Cowboys, he had a, he had 52 yards receiving, including converting on a third and 30. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, there's no even no place in the playbook for third and 30. You mean seriously? But either way, that was just a failing on the Eagles' part. Garden Minshew, he had a pretty um good game. Except for the two interceptions, he had 335, 355 yards and two touchdowns. Miles Sanders had 65 yards rushing, including that um, costly fumble. Devontae Smith had 103 yards and two touchdowns, and A.J. Brown had 103 yards. For the Dallas Cowboys, this is a win that they needed. After last week blowing the game against Jacksonville, they needed a statement win. This, of course, quiets the critics of Dak Prescott at least for one week. Now, the question is, what are they going to do going forward? Because now, the Cowboys, surprisingly enough, unless the Eagles lose their next two two games, if the Cowboys can win their next two, they may have a chance to um, steal this division, possibly. I mean, their next two games are... The Titans and the Commanders. Let's, let's, I'm just going to go out of there and say they should be able to handle the Titans. The Titans are broken. I mean, there's no Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the season. I mean, Malik Willis is a, is a project quarterback. So he's just, this is going to be growing pains for him. And Derrick Henry, all they have to do is just slow him down. And, that's, and, and they got that covered. So the Cowboys should win that one pretty handily. And then they got the Washington Commanders, you know, to close out the season. So the Cowboys, I mean, mathematically, still has a chance to win this division. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't see the Eagles losing to the Saints next week, whether whether Jalen Hurst plays or not. And I don't see them losing to the Giants either. So unless the Eagles slip up the next two games, chances are they're going to they're going to get that number one spot and Dallas is going to be playing in the wild card now let's move on to our final game and that was the Green Bay Packers versus the Miami Dolphins the, the um, Green Bay Packers went into um, in the South Beach and pulled out the victory 26-20 Aaron Rodgers had 238 yards 1 TD, 1 interception A.J. Dillon, 36 yards rushing Aaron Jones, 25 yards rushing. Alan Lazard, 61 yards receiving. And Christian Watson, 49 yards before he had to lead the game with an injury. Tua Tagamaloa, hate to say this, he cost them this game. He had one, 310 passing, one touchdown, three interceptions in the second half. I mean, these were some bad interceptions. I mean, God awful. I mean, two of them is like, I mean, his um, receivers weren't even open. 
Moserati, Raheem Moster, 45 yards rushing. Jeff Wilson Jr., 37 yards rushing in one TD. Jalen Waddle, he had a monster game. 143 yards, one TD. Most of that was in the first half on some huge chunk plays. Tyreek Hill had 103 yards. And of course, the story coming out of this game is Tua is in concussion protocol. I'm going to talk more about that in my takeaways. But as for the Dolphins, they are slowly playing themselves out of the playoff picture. Out of the Chargers have now clinched the playoff spot. More on that in a minute. The Dolphins are just barely hanging on. So the Dolphins, they need to get it together these next two games. Because if they don't, they're going to be sitting at home. All that explosive offense, because now they've lost four straight games. And chances are, they they may be on the verge of losing five or even five straight games. Because the Patriots are playing for their lives next week as well. And then the Jets, same here. So it'll be interesting to see what um, Mike McDaniel has for the Dolphins going forward. For the Packers, they are still outside looking in. But the way Washington and the Giants are playing, there's a chance that the Green Bay Packers could be that sleeper team and sneak into the playoffs. And we all know this is this is Aaron Rodgers. I know he's had some playoff failures, but still. This is still Aaron Rodgers. So if they sneak in the playoffs, I think whoever plays them and that gets them in the first round better look out. Because now, Green Bay seems to have somewhat gotten it together. They've won their last couple of games. It's say three in a row, actually. And they play the Vikings this Sunday, and that's a big game. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what, what what they have in store for the Vikings going forward. That's probably one of your on the marquee matchups of the new year. We'll talk more about that game on Friday. Now let's go into my takeaways from Week 16 in the NFL. First takeaway, we're gonna start this one off with the with the firing of Daniel Hackett as head coach of the Denver Broncos yesterday. Why should we be surprised by this? The fact that he even lasted this long is, is telling. The simple fact is, Nathaniel Hackett was over his head. I mean, he couldn't put, he, he, he just had he had no idea how to game plan, and he had the quarterback to do it. Russell Wilson is no slouch in this league. I mean, this year made Russell Wilson look like he was washed up. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he is washed up. But a new coach, I think, will get better. Will, Russell Wilson will have a better year. But Nathaniel Hackett should have never gotten this job in the first place. I mean, being the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers does not make you qualified to be a head coach. I mean, you can put any, off, any offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers and, and he will make him, it will make him look good. So, chances are Nathaniel Hackett will get an offensive coordinator job. Maybe the Packers may take him back. Maybe 
Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers might take him. But either, or he may even know, even Sean McVay might even take him. So he's got options. But this was this was a this was a bad hire to start with. Now the Broncos, they knew they had to cut their losses on this one. Because they have to sell those sweets next year. And you paid two, Russell Wilson $250 million. And you're putting a bad product on the field. That goes, to, that goes to coaching as well as the players. And then you have a defense that basically year was wasted because of, because of a, a, a terrible offense. So the Broncos, they did, they, they did what they had to do. Now it's going to be interesting to see if they get it right in the hiring pro- and process. And word, and word is, they're looking at my guy, D'Amico Ryans. That would be a good start. Second takeaway, the Chargers are now in the playoffs. Yes, the Chargers clinched a playoff position with last night's victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Let me tell you why this is a good thing. Two things, two reasons. Number one, this is good for the NFL. Because now in the playoffs, you're going to have the four of the best quarterbacks, not only in the AFC, but even arguably in the NFL. You're going to have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and now Justin Herbert. Now, if I wanted to add a fifth person, I could say Lamar Jackson, but we don't know what his status is right now, so I'll keep it at four. Because these, are the, this is the future of the NFL. These four men. And this is, is going to make the playoffs in the AFC very, very interesting and actually pretty exciting because chances are you're going to have these in, in some capacity these four quarterbacks playing each other of course next week we're going to be getting a preview a possible preview of the NFC of the AFC championship when the Buffalo Bills take on the Cincinnati Bengals so definitely looking forward to that matchup but another reason this is good for the Chargers is for um their head coach, Brandon Staley. I truly believe that if the if the Chargers had missed the playoffs, he was going to get a pink slip. Because the Chargers have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You can't have Justin Herbert be out the playoffs for a third straight year. So give Brandon Stokely some credit. I mean, he's been dealing with injuries all season to key players, especially with the receiving core of Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams. They've been in and out of the lineup. Joey Bosa, he's been out with injury. They've had several defensive players in and out of the lineup with injury. And he's been able to keep it together and ride the ship. So kudos to Brandon Staley from um, keeping it together and helping the Chargers get into the playoffs. Because... As I stated, if he had missed the playoffs this year, the Chargers' um, ownership was going to have Sean Payton on speed dial if they had done already. They, they, had, they had one eye on him and the other eye on Sean Payton. Third takeaway, and this is serious. The... I don't care who needs to get involved, 
who needs to say something, whether it's uh, the Miami Dolphins organization, and that starts with my guy, Mike McDaniel, the NFL Players Union, or even the NFL itself. Tua Tungabaloa should not see the field for the rest of this season. He's come up in concussion protocol, and now they're saying there's nothing that should have triggered it. What do you mean there's nothing that should have triggered it? Obviously, he's in concussion protocol for some, for some, I mean, there's obviously a reason. I mean, they showed one play where he was trying to avoid a sack and he got tackled and he hit his head on the field. But according to the um, chief medical examiner, Alan Stills, he said Tua Tungamalori exhibited no, zero injury behaviors and reported zero symptoms that would trigger the league's concussion protocol. So what did it? That needs, that needs to be explained. So what caused them to be in concussion protocol? Because now, Mike McDaniel is saying that he reported symptoms. I, I mean, he was placed in after reporting symptoms, symptoms that day. But if it's, if it's my guy, Mike McDaniel, like I stated, Players Union or Roger Goodell in the NFL itself, Tua needs to be, should he be sat down and he needs to be evaluated carefully especially if they claim they care about the players because this is not about Tua and the Miami Dolphins team this is about Tua as a player and a human being so sit Tua down and I think every fan out there whether you're a Miami Dolphin or just an NFL fan need to employ that Tua does not see the field this year and he needs to be reevaluated to see if he can continue an NFL career long term because playing in the NFL only lasts for a short time after that these symptoms are going to start popping up and it's going to affect the rest of his life and final takeaway the end of a career in the next two weeks. I'm talking J.J. Watt. Today, he announced that this will be his final season as he's going into retirement. Now, J.J. Watt has been an excellent player in this league. I mean, this guy, since he came in the league in 2011, he's had 70, he's got 74 and a half sacks, 15 forced fumbles, an interception, and 299 tackles. And... He's a, he's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. J.J. Watt was a force to be reckoned with on the field. But of course, in the last four to five years, his, his um, seasons have been cut short by injury. So this is understandably a good time for J.J. Watt to go out. Now, I know he was traded from Houston to, to Arizona, hoping that he would get a ring or a chance to play for a ring and of course that didn't pan out but either way he's gonna get Hall of Fame status and will get in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot no ifs ands buts or maybes about it so I'm gonna say this for JJ Watt it has been a pleasure watching you over the last 12 years and I wish you much much success post NFL career.
Now, this will conclude episode 158 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening, downloading, and streaming. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13, and you can follow my Facebook page, Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, and streaming. Have a wonderful evening, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you.